Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The Orange get their first ACC tournament victory against Wake Forest before being eliminated by a fresher, healthier UNC team. We'll hit that game up for you first. And as Syracuse sits on the bubble, how does their resume match up against other bubble teams out there? We'll give you the numbers, and we'll turn to Joe for the best and worst-case scenarios heading into March Madness. Let's go. All right, what's up, Cuse Nation? Thanks for tuning in to the Cuse Nation podcast with Sean and Joe. If you like the show, please share it with your friends and family. All right, first, let's just hit up the the win. We couldn't get back in time, obviously. That was a little bit um, pointless to come back and, and hit up the Wake Forest win, but a game in which we, we needed. We needed to win an ACC tournament game. And we did it. We needed that second game against UNC. I feel like in the long run, even though that we lost that game, which we'll go over, that helped us out. Um, Marek, Marek, uh, just absolutely lit it up that night. And it was just so good to see. Uh, We should have won that game. We did win that game. That's fantastic. But... Uh, what about Mark, Joe? And, and even Chukwu. Uh, Chukwu with uh, 14. So, Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Between Merrick and Chukwu, we had 34 points, uh, 12 of 14 shooting. So when they play like that, we're, we shouldn't lose. So Especially yeah. against the team like Wake Forest. I mean, like you said, we needed it. So we went and took care of business. There's a couple times where they got close and made it a little nerve-wracking. But I, I feel like we controlled the game pretty much. Yeah, and one thing I'll note, Chuku looked really good getting up and down the court on Tuesday. <laughs> uh, not so much, not so much last night, but on Tuesday he did look. He yeah, looked pretty you need good. a little bit more than one day rest when you're playing 35 plus minutes. Yeah, no kidding. He he was just um, he just couldn't do it. Uh, found out today that I guess Sadibi is having um, surgery at the end of the year. Did we already know yeah, that? Uh, um, they did say something they about said, that. They uh, said he might need it, right? Right. Yeah. 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 Well, he's definitely having surgery at the end of the at the end of the season, and he yeah. played. You know, last night he did his best in played. He got it out a pretty minutes. good performance, considering. Yeah, I mean, the dude's have he's got ten rebounds, and uh, he hasn't been able to play or practice or anything. So, I mean, yeah. any minutes that he goes in there, he's got no. No type of chemistry with the team out there. He's just going out there doing what he can, you know. He's just filling. He's just filling it in. He did a good job last night. All yep. right, Syracuse dropped last night, twenty to thirteen overall after getting handed handled pretty good by UNC, seventy eight to fifty nine in front of seventeen thousand seven hundred and thirty two fans in the second round of the ACC tournament in Brooklyn. Brissett with a double double. He led all scores with twenty. He was five for seven from three. That was fantastic. Seven for fourteen for overall, and he had ten rebounds. Battle and Howard combined for a total 8 of 39 from the floor and 3 of 15 behind the arc. It was a struggle all night for them as they could not obviously penetrate the UNC defense. They were just all over it. Howard turned the ball over 7 times, uh, Mm. 12 times as a team. UNC scored 13 points off of those turnovers. They were just... Playing at a different speed, UNC was last night. After yeah. after scoring 20, we mentioned against Wake Forest, Mar could only muster up six points. Four of those came early in the first half. Williams led his team with 17 points. He was seven for 11 overall, two for five from three. But it was Pinson who really gave the orange fits on both sides of the ball. He finished with 16 points and 11 boards. Syracuse was out-rebounded 42-37. to 37. As a team, they shot 31.7 to UNC's 43.8. And finally, Syracuse with five shot clock violations. 
Joe, Syracuse was limited early with foul trouble. Uh, Chukwu, I think he had two fouls in the first, like, six or eight minutes or something like that. We're playing two games in two days, the latter of which was a healthier, more well-rested UNC team. Um, What would you think? Did it meet your expectations? Exactly kind of what I thought. I mean, we had – we're not in a position to where we can even really rest our guys, even if it was Wake Forest and we were controlling the game. Uh, So we just knew. I mean, I talked about it before that I just didn't think that – we had the type of roster to where we could make a deep run in the ACC tournament. You know, at least in the NCAA tournament, you get a day in between and you win two games and then you get a week. This is just back to back to back to back. And we don't have the roster for that. And again, I think you saw that with the stats that we talked about with their second chance points, their fast break points, their points off turnovers. They, um, Roy Williams, he consistently just subbed guys in fresh legs. Kept them healthy. Right, just getting kept pressure, you know, everything we had to work for, they made us work for it very hard. And uh, just, again, uh, at the end of the at the end of the game, we were just gassed. I mean, O'Shea Brissett had a pretty pretty good game, but, I mean, you could tell with Ty's battle, his legs weren't really into it at the end of the game. Uh, when he was trying to hit some of those shots, everything was short-rimmed. You know, Chukwu definitely looked fatigued and followed that with 16 minutes to go, so... Uh, it didn't look too good. And even then, we, we mustered up a, a little bit of a run with uh, got us within nine at, at some point. But, I mean, that took all everything that we had out of us to even get to that point. And yeah. um, so, again, I mean, they played as hard as they could physically play, but we're not built for that. And like Beheim said in his press conference that we've played, you know, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, and when you have guys playing five guys playing 35 plus minutes. Uh, throughout that it's just not enough not enough time near the end of the year so I think they're just starting to get a little uh tired so you you saw that last night obviously we play seven guys you know I guess (laughs) you know like for instance um on against Wake Forest you know Moyer played two minutes and well you could say we played huh well you could you could say that we only played five I mean if it was up to Bayheim. Yeah, Moyer and Moyer and Sadibi wouldn't play. Yeah, so, Sadibi I mean, played. He played five minutes against Wake Forest, and Moyer played two. Really, you're right. We could say we played. We played everyone, five guys. But if everyone's but, playing good and they're staying out of foul trouble, he doesn't sub. Oh, and he and right, right. But with the you know with the stamina in in a, in a tournament like this where you got to play every day, absolutely. We don't. We just don't have the roster. I right. honestly thought it was going to be a little closer. You got seventeen plus thousand fans in there. A lot of them making noise for the orange. The well traveled team. Everybody knows that we're you know the orange is popular in New York City, obviously. But right. Um, I thought it was going to be a little more competitive, but like you said, you could just see it, man. You could see it, and they were just—they were tired, man. They were tired. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, you could look at it. The first half, there was some time, some spots when we looked a little tired, and I thought there was some kind of questionable calls, considering how physical they were on the defensive end. I mean, they doubled our free throw percentage. I think we went eleven for fourteen. They shot 15. twenty-eight free throws. So yeah, twenty-two for twenty-eight. Right. So, um, but even the first half, I mean, it was eerily similar to the first half, the first time we played North Carolina when O'Shea Brissett hit a three right at halftime to bring it within eight, I think. And last night I thought it was, or I think it was nine. And last night he did it, hit it to come within 10. So yeah, we were pretty much in the same exact spot position that we were the first time we played them. You could just tell in the second half that the speed, we no just joke. didn't have it. Yep. The speed, the speed, fresh joke. legs. Fresh legs, the speed not only of the players but of the passes. It was just and they're being physical, throwing bodies around. That 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 you know will take its toll on you throughout a game as well, especially when you had a game the night before. So, um, well, what we really want to do in this episode is the bubble talk, Joe. So, final thought on on the game last night. Uh, final or the thought. ACC tournament in, for us in general. Well, I'm just glad that we finally got our first win. Uh, at least beating Wake Forest keeps us in the discussion. So that's um, right. all you can really ask for. I wish it would have been able to be a little bit more competitive. But again, it wasn't because of lack of effort or hustle that we lost that game yesterday. 
Exactly. So. Uh, the Tar Heels improved to seven and one against Syracuse since the Orange joined, joined the ACC. Uh, Syracuse's ACC tournament record now stands at one and four. Tyus Battle scored in double digits for the 32nd time in 33 games. All right, Joe, um, let's first real quick compare where we are now with where we ended up last year. Last year we had an RPI, final RPI, and ours might change a little bit, but this is what we ended up with last year. An RPI of 85 and a strength of schedule of 57. As of right now, according to real-time RPI, we're at a 44 and a strength of schedule of 13. So um, let's take a look at where we stand in the quadrants real quick and, and let me know or let us know you know, any close teams that have a chance of moving up or moving down and uh, let us know where we're at. Uh, okay. As far as this morning, um, after the games from from last night, we now we currently stand still uh, 5-0 and in our Quadrant 4 games, 9-2 um, and two in Quadrant 3 games, 3-3 three and three in Quadrant 2 games, and 3-8 and eight in Quadrant 1 games. Um, some of the guys or some of the teams you want to look for that could change that a little bit, um, Buffalo right now, currently RPI uh, 32. If they get to 30 um, or lower, then that will become – uh, quadrant one win instead of quadrant two and they're beginning the the mac tournament today they're the number one seed in that tournament so um and toledo um right now if they're in that same tournament they're the number two seed in that tournament and their rpi right now is 87 so if they can get that to a 75 then that will uh turn a quadrant three win into a quadrant two win um and then the one that we have to look out for which is tough because you don't know how much it's going to move but uh, right now, Maryland is currently sitting at uh, 74 RPI, and um, so they're a quadrant, th- or a quadrant two win for us right now. But if their RPI slips because of some of the teams that they played uh, losing throughout the tournament, because you know their conference tournament's over, so they have no more games. Uh, I don't believe anyway. Um, but if they slip past 75, then they'll they'll drop from a quadrant two win to a quadrant three win. So. Um, that's the little bit of movement uh, that we're looking at. So we definitely want to cheer for those MAC teams. Um, like I was telling you on the phone the other day, Buffalo uh, was the number one seed in the MAC, Toledo number two seed, and Eastern Michigan number three seed, and they all have their first games uh, in the quarterfinals of that tournament today. So yeah, that, that's good for us then. So yeah, it can help. It can definitely help. Yeah. Um, all right. So CBS's Jerry Jerry Palm has the orange on. Um, He's got him in the first four. Okay, he's the only like real notable one to include Syracuse, by the way. But there's this guy. I got to mention this guy, John Matthews. He's an amateur. He goes by at Syracuse Fan Seven on Twitter. He's new to Twitter. When I when we gave him a follow on Twitter, I think he was at seven followers. So uh, he's the third most accurate historically on the the bracket matrix, and he put Syracuse on his list. Um, in the first four too. So, uh, real quick, I'll give him a follow at, at Syracuse Fan Seven and his website. I think he's been doing these every day now. His website is Syracuse Fan Seven Bracket Projections dot and you can go there and he's got it all broke down and he's even got the the last four buys and all that stuff. Um, so. Um, let's, let's, oh, and by the way, Joe Lenardi has this out right now, which Joe Lenardi, I was just talking about an amateur guy who's on bracket matrix that, uh, um, John Matthews, he's ranked third historically on that website. And I think Joe Lenardi, I don't want to project, but I think he's like 180 or something like that or like 200 and something. So take that with a grain of salt. Joe Lenardi's got us out. And so does, by the way, uh, Bracketville in yep. the, the athletic Stuart Mandel. So they got us. They got us out. But yeah. let's compare resumes. I got a list of eight teams here, Joe, and uh, you tell us what needs to happen, and um, our well, we'll compare resumes and and see because Syracuse's numbers this year are great. First, what was Syracuse's non-conference strength of schedule last year? Was a uh, I have it here two fifteen. Okay, is that what you got? Yeah. Okay. That's what they finished with, a 215. This 215, year, and they went 8-5. and five. And they went 8-5. and five. Good point. Um, 
this year it is according to CBS. It's what? Um, eighteen. It's an eighteen. <laughs> okay. Okay. And, and we, we went, went eleven, 11 and two. two. Okay. All right. So St. Mm-hmm. Mary's. So it's needless to say, our non-conference is not going to ruin our tournament chances. So it, exactly. That's that was that's point. really right. So I mean, that's partly what we're looking at here. Um, when I sent you those teams, and what I did was I sent you the teams. Uh, that are either still they're already like Lenardi has them in the tournament still or teams that are close to where Syracuse is right now. And all of these teams on this list, um, including there's four other ACC teams, but um, they've all already either lost or like their conference tournament is over. So there's no more games to be played. So I kind of wanted to compare where, you know, somewhere like Lenardi, he's got these these teams in certain seeds in certain spots. But when you look at these numbers, it's um it's just so close that it's just hard to to really imagine how we could be so far off in some people's eyes. So yeah, it's amazing to me, and I guess it's it's like the eye test. We had some poorly played games, you know, but they're all a lot of them were against really good teams. So take St. Mary's first. For, first, go ahead and break us down real quick. No, okay. Well, um, based upon the, I got all this information from CBS Sports, and basically we're going to break it down as far as giving them the RPI, non-conference strength schedule, strength of schedule overall, and um, the quadrant one um, win loss. And um, right now, obviously, Syracuse twenty and thirteen, uh, RPI of forty four, and like we said, uh, strength schedule is thirteen, non-conference strength schedule is eighteen, and our quadrant one win loss is three and seven. Um, so obviously that could be a little bit better, but with all those other numbers, I mean, those are strong numbers, strong numbers. Yeah. No and, bad losses, n- not even really any bad play, right. not even bad and, games. Right. Really. And, and Lenardi right now, he has us in his, not even the first four out, the next four out. That's great. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> so he's got us as like the fifth of the sixth team out right now. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, like, like you were saying, if you want to go ahead with some of these teams on this list, we can kind of compare and kind of see what. I mean, yeah. like you were saying, St. Mary's, right? Yeah, St. Mary's is first. Go ahead with that one. St. Mary's 28-5. and five. We know they play in the West Coast Conference. And um, this is kind of funny uh, that St. Mary's, the only Quadrant 1 games that they, um, that they actually had was uh, against Gonzaga this year. And um, they actually gained a Quadrant 1 win by losing to BYU the other day because they beat BYU home and away. But because of their St. Mary's RPI, BYU, after they beat them in the tournament, their RPI went up so much to that that made St. Mary's win at BYU a quadrant one win. So um, crazy. they actually they gained a quadrant one win by actually losing. Um, but right now, Lenardi's got them in as a 10 seed. And let's just give a RPI 43, one, one ahead of us. So yeah, uh, not, not too bad, right? Mm-hmm, so right. Not, non-conference strength to schedule, 189. Strength to schedule, 172. It's and... Th- it blows my and, mind. Go on. And they're quite and I checked it and I know the one I sent you, I sent one and one one and one, but yeah. they're actually they're actually two and one in quadrant one win loss. But still. So you've only played three quadrant one games. You're in a conference that's other than St. Mary's Gonzaga and BYU relatively weak. So um to me right there, that just screams like what what in the world? Like that doesn't even make any sense to me. Um so, <laughs> you know, yeah, but they've, they've been ranked most of the year, though, too, because of their win loss, because they are 28 and five. But at the end yes. of the day, how many huh? yeah. look at the strength of schedule, you know? So, yeah. I mean, that's just that's just one instance. That's a team. He's got them ranked 10th right now, like safely in that. That's crazy. I, I, I would look, take one look at those numbers and say, I don't even need to compare them to anything. If those were my numbers, if those are Syracuse's numbers, I would be I would be very, very worried. So that makes absolutely no sense. No, yeah. Well, right. think, I mean, it would be impossible to be Syracuse because Syracuse is always going to play more Quadrant 1 games, and that's oh, where right, right. That's where a team like that, though. St. Mary's, it's happened before. I've seen them not make the tournament going 27-5, and 26-4, stuff like that, because they don't play enough quality quality teams. Well, you know, the strength of schedule, I mean, you have you can go and play. You can do that in your, in your non-conference. Non-conference, so exactly. That's, that's your non-conference what, is 189. For. If you yeah. want to get in with that resume, your non-conference has got to be. you got to bump that up. Yeah, top yeah. 40s, top 50s at least yeah. if you want to get in the conversation, in my opinion. But, you know, Joe Lenardi's got him as a 10 seed. Uh, well, so. we know where he stands. Uh, uh, the second team on here is Oklahoma. Yeah, Oklahoma is a tough one, and um, that's because their RPI is very, very close. To, I mean, let's start with their record, uh, 18 and 13. 
Uh, Lonardi's got them in a, a playing game right now. I know they have a superstar, Trey Young, superstar freshman. But uh, after starting, I, mean, I think they were close to ranked in the top 10 at some point earlier this season. And they've just gone kind of off the rails. Um, again, their RPI is 47, strength schedule 22. So compared to ours, um, it's pretty similar. Um, but their non-conference strength schedule was 132 to R18. And again, they're 18 and 13. We're 20 and 13. So, um, again, that's very similar. The only way, the only thing, reason that I can think Lenardi's got them ahead of us is because they have, uh, they're six and eight in quadrant one games. So, again, that's, that's difficult um, because, good. yeah, because I mean, that's a lot of game. I mean, you know, we had only 10 games, 10 quadrant um, one games. They had 14 and they won six of them. So, again, if, if that's what it's going to be, if they're going to look at, if they're, the committee's going to look at the most quadrant one games and wins and stuff like that, then then I'd say Oklahoma probably does have an edge on us if that's going to be the end all. But that non conference strength of schedule looks pretty easy to me. Um, yeah, I'd say that that's a kind. Of, it's almost a wash. They do have the edge though on the on the quadrant wins. I would I would say Oklahoma just going off of this, and this is what we've been taught is going to happen. Uh, it's somewhat in, it, to a to a certain degree. They look good. They look worthy, right? Yeah, they look worthy to me. Yeah, I think that uh, honestly, if I had, if it was up to me, they would get in, but they wouldn't be the team that kept Syracuse out. That'd be for sure. Right. Exactly. Okay. A uh, an ACC rival, uh, Virginia Tech. Yeah, uh, Virginia Tech. We can go. I mean, we can go down the line with this. I mean, the next four teams are all ACC teams. Virginia Tech right now, twenty one and eleven. Um, their RPI based on CBS Sports, is uh, 62nd. Um, strength of schedule, 69. And non-conference strength schedule, 327. Um, Bernardi's got them ranked as a nine seed. And uh, the Quadrant 1 win-loss is five and seven. It's so they have like two more Quadrant 1 uh, wins than us. But again, looking at the strength of schedule uh, numbers and the fact that we're 20 and 13, they're 21 and 11, and... We beat them head to head at home uh, to think that we're just not even sniffing that we're not even close to them is just, again, it's just crazy to me. Again, the only difference, I mean, we have way better non or strength of schedule. The only difference is two quadrant one wins. So, and then obviously a little bit of the, um, the what your conference record was regular season, but I don't know how much they're actually putting into effect of that this year. I, I so, don't and, know if that should even be, I mean, well, of course it should be looked at to a certain degree, but all the, all of, that your numbers will ref, will reflect your conference record anyway to to a certain degree. Uh, right. what, what was Virginia Tech's non-conference? Is it three twenty-seven? It's a three twenty-seven non-conference strength like of that's, schedule. Right. That's there's only three hundred and fifty-one teams. Right. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's weird. And we beat them head to head. And right now, I mean, yeah. you have you're talking about Joe Lenardi having them in almost. 20 lines ahead of us. That's crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. I would say if I would say they definitely don't push us out. I don't know if they deserve to really be in, to be honest with you. They had good wins though. That's the thing. 5 5 and 7 in quadrant 1 and again, that's if that's what's going to happen, you know, then we have to start looking at the losses and where quadrant, you know, four losses and stuff like that. Right. Um you know, it's just tough because, again, like I said, the only thing that they have on us is that and how they did in in, in uh, the regular season ACC. So, but if you yeah. look at those numbers, it's like, yeah, they got how, a we're not good we're not wins. twenty we're not twenty teams away. No, when you no, when you no, take no, the no. when you cover that those team names with your hand, you know that's <laughs> the blind the blind test. Yes. Yeah. So, and just going into what next one, might as well go right into it. Um, well, real quick, because we're going to predict these. I got St. Mary's out. I got Oklahoma in. Where do you got Vitek? Vitek will be in. Vitek will be in, you think? I, I was on the fence, so I'll agree. Uh, I'm really on the fence with that one, though. All right, next up's Louisville, Joe. Louisville is 20-12 and 12 currently. Um, again, RPI 39, strength of schedule of um, 19, so it's very comparable to us. Uh, Non-conference strength of schedule is 84th, and... Their record, uh, quadrant one, is um, three and ten. So they uh, they had three more chances to get a quadrant one win, and we still have the same amount of quadrant one wins. Um, they're currently uh, Lenardi has them in as an eleven seed in the playing game, mm. 
And again, one loss difference. Uh, we got better numbers, the same amount of quadrant one wins and less tries, and we beat them at their place. So again, this is another situation just like Virginia Tech where very, very close resumes, and we have the head-to-head. So, You know what? That makes the Virginia Tech, my decision on Virginia Tech easier, though, if I was to go through all these and look at it again. I think Louisville's looks better than Virginia Tech, and I was on the fence with Virginia Tech. So, and right. we, You know what I'm saying? It's tough because it's what tough. do you look at? Are we looking at quadrant one wins and losses? Are we looking at strength of schedule? I think you got to take it all in. Close. I mean, yeah, you got to take it all in. But what it boils down to, in my opinion, is the the strength of schedule overall, the non-conference strength of schedule, and the RPI is really, I think, what it boils down to because the the quadrants and the conference record reflects all those numbers. Do you see right. like those numbers are a, are a boiled down version of all the records and all and yeah. all that stuff. Well, that's the way that I look at it. I look at it as if Virginia Tech's non-conference strength schedule is 327, then why do they only have one more win than us? So, right. um, yeah, you know, that's, that's one true. of the ways that I look yeah. at it. But then you can also look at it as, you know, they had 12 chances to get quadrant one wins and they got five of them. Louisville had 13 chances and only had three. Yeah, so, I, I would I would take I'm going to change um Look, just might as well keep going because there's yeah, more. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's go. Let's. Let, what do you What do you say about uh, Louisville, Joe? Louisville they is. They lost today, by the way. They got hammered. Yeah, I know. And because uh, based upon the fact that they're at 20 and 12 or 20 and 13, with the difference in uh, non-conference strength, the schedule, and the fact that they couldn't get um, any more quadrant one wins over us, I'd say I like our chances over um, over Louisville as well. So yeah, um, I don't think agree. Louisville gets in. All right. All right. Let's go on to Florida State, Joe. Florida State is, again, it's one of those teams 51 RPI, 68 strength schedule, 312 non conference strength schedule. Just awful. And they're 20 and 11. Um, and right now, Lenardi's got them as a 10 seed. Quadrant one win loss is 6 and 6, 500 against Quadrant ones. That's so good. that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, again, I would like to, with a 312 non-conference strength schedule, I'd like to see more than, than 20 wins. Um, we got a better RPI. We got a better strength schedule, non-conference strength schedule. The only difference is, um, obviously, again, it's the, the big wins. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's a recurring theme. And again, I've, in this case, Florida State has the, uh, has the tiebreaker against us. They beat us at third place. So, um, but again, this is another one of those situations, every single one of them, where you uh, you put your hand over those team names and look at those numbers, and I just don't see how. Like like right now, Lenardi's got NC State as a nine seed. That's, again, somewhere around 15, 18 teams better than us. Our, our numbers are... Oh, sorry, a 10 seed. That's Florida State 10 seed still. I mean, they still have, you know, so I don't know. Our, our RPI ranks three on here. Our non-conference strength of schedule amongst all these teams ranks first, and our strength of schedule overall ranks, ranks first. first. So, but that, we tied for last, other than St. Mary's, right? And that's where with it hurts the us quadrant one wins losses. So yes. when you look at it, and you start, you know, and this is why I wanted to set this chart up is you can kind of see where people are leaning, and um, again. If you look at some of the ESPN stuff, these numbers are a little bit different. So maybe that's why Lenardi's seeds are a little bit skewed because, you know, I am going off of CBS Sports. And maybe that's why Jerry Palm still has Syracuse in the tournament right now as a play-in. Yeah, um, maybe that's why. But Maybe that's why because, you know, like I said, looking at these numbers, uh, I don't see how you can keep them out against some of these teams. Uh, what do we got? One more, we got one more ACC team, right? Uh, well, let's see. Florida State in or out, Joe? Uh, I think Florida State's going to be in just based yeah. upon the fact that they're 500 and, and the big wins that they have. Yeah, I'm, I, I would put Florida they've been State ranked in, right in now, and out so. ranked the whole year. So, yeah. um, all right. Uh, next up is NC State. They are NC State. 21 and 11. 21 and 11. RPI is 63. Strength schedule is 65. Non-conference strength schedule is 263. So again, uh, and they're. Quadrant one wins and losses it's five and seven. Had some big um, wins, which is pretty good too. Duke, and um, right, I mean, if you look at like NC State, Florida State, Virginia Tech, all those teams, they all have the same kind of type of resume. You know, they only have yeah 
one or maybe the same amount of wins. We have two more losses uh, because we played more games. Um, but at the end of at the end of the day, when you look at these non-conference schedules, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I Virginia Tech three twenty-seven, Florida State three twelve, NC State two sixty-three. My my question is, is that how do you how do you not have more wins than what you have? I look at it like if you have that that type of strength and non-conference, then you should be able to have one or two or three more. You know, especially when yeah. they had a couple more wins than us just normally in the ACC turn or uh, regular season play as it is. So. Right. Yeah, uh, that's a tough one, too, but Joe. But NC State beat us at home. They so. did beat us at home. They got a, they got some big wins, but big wins didn't do squat for us last year, uh, right? Because of our non-conference strength of schedule losses, right? Um, and again, like I said, out of those out of those four teams, you're looking at those four teams. In my opinion, Syracuse, other than the big quadrant one wins, has a better has a better resume. So it's pretty obvious that when you look at Lenardi, he really, really puts a huge, huge amount into those one or two or three more big wins that they have over over us. And, and so. I, I say NC State. I say NC State out, and here's why: they got the big wins, but that's all they got. And um, just going by off of last year, what happened to us? They well, do they have, do the have some wins. bad losses. Right, right, and. Um, I just think that our resume is better than, like you, like you just said, anybody in the ACC that's on this list right here. Um, I think our numbers are, our boiled down numbers are better. But I like NC State. I think they're dangerous. But I, I would have to put them out. Looking at the look, just going through and looking at this. Well, this is this is what it tells me, right? So when I look at this, I see teams where, other than Louisville, who's got you know a pretty good overall strength of schedule, and their non-conference is a little bit better. We have the best strength of schedule, both conference and non-conference, than any of these other four ACC teams. Um, we beat two of them. We lost two of them. Uh, the only difference that I see in the rankings that Lenardi has is is basically um, their Q, their Q1 wins and losses. Yeah. Now my thing is yeah. is that if you're going to have two or three more Quadrant One wins or losses than Syracuse, and then you're going to have that type of non-conference strength of schedule, then you need to have more than one or two wins over more than us. You know what I'm saying? Like we're 20 and 13. NC state's got 21 wins. Florida state's got 20 Louisville, 20 Virginia tech, 21. So I look at it yeah, like, absolutely. We got 20. It, right. So that just tells me that these teams lost some, a bunch of games that they probably shouldn't have. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right, you have a minute. I have, I have NC state out. What about you? I have NC state, uh, in, do you? Okay. All right. Uh, next up is Arizona 20 and 11. Arizona State. Arizona they once, State. I'm sorry. Yeah, Arizona State. They were once um, actually top ranked top five in the beginning of the season. Uh, 65 RPI, 114 nine, nine conference strength schedule with a 70 strength schedule, and their Q1 win loss is three and five. Um, it's a better percentage, but still the same amount with us. Played in a relatively um, somewhat down Pac-12 conference this year, and. They uh, they lost last night, I believe, in their conference game. And right now, Lenardi's got them as first four out. But again, just looking at looking at that similar similar records, uh, we have better numbers. And yet, you know, Lenardi still has them as three or four uh, spots ahead of us. Um, again, I just threw that one out there because they had lost and they were uh, somewhat near or around us. So um, I don't think that team's going to end up making it. Uh, I got them out. What's I that? Him. I got him out. Yeah. You got him out? Yeah. Yeah, I got him out. I got him out. All right. The last one on this list is yes. Oklahoma State, 19 and 14. Yes. And again, this is this is again looking at it. They he's got Lenardi's got them right around where Arizona State is, 19 and 14. They got an RPI 85, uh non non-conference strength of schedule 287. And um the strength of schedule is 56. It's probably gonna go up a little bit because they did lose to Kansas today. They had a big win against Oklahoma last night, which, again, you which know, Oklahoma mean, had. A, which would mean the number goes down, though, is what you're saying. Well, right, 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 right. right. But um, Oklahoma, they had a good chance to get a win last night and probably lock themselves into the uh, 
into the tournament, but Oklahoma State defeated them, give them another chance, and they actually beat uh, Kansas twice this year. Oklahoma State did. So today, Kansas has exacted that revenge. But um, again, that just tells me a lot. I mean, we we were consistently inconsistent in the fact that we know we knew what we could get. Like we knew that we needed Marek and Pesco and some players to to step up and. But we knew kind of around about what we needed to do and what kind of team we were. Um, but this team, it just seems like, I mean, you play Kansas three times and you play in the Big 12 where they have a bunch of ranked teams and stuff. And um, your strength of schedule is only in the 50s. That's crazy. You know? yeah, we get and it. then and they're five and ten in quadrant one. And that's really why they're a bubble team and why, why Joe Lenardi's got them up there. Um, they beat West Virginia. They beat Kansas twice. So they have some great wins. But you have <laughs> you have to have again. This is this is just another situation where I look at you have a non-conference strength to schedule of two eighty-seven strength to schedule in the mid to low fifties, and you got five quadrant one wins, and you only have nineteen wins in the season. So unless they have a good reason, if they had maybe a key injury or like a Bonzi Colson with Notre Dame or something, then I just don't understand. Like they need to have an explanation. Otherwise, that's one of the most inconsistent teams, and I don't see how they you could put them in the NCAA tournament, regardless of of their uh, the quadrant one wins and losses. Yeah, I have to agree. Uh, I, I mean, I'd I'd have to. I hate now, if you beat Kansas today and you beat Kansas three times. Absolutely, yeah. Then I'd understand, but yeah, those I, th- those you know. Rival games in conference games are always hard fought. I don't. I mean, look at Pittsburgh put up some fights. You know, they went. You know, they were terrible. So yeah, Pittsburgh's Pittsburgh's coach got fired today. By the way. Yeah, that's what happens when you go zero and nineteen. He pulled a Homer Simpson dope. <laughs> he is so he is so goofy. I feel so bad for that dude. Um, yeah, well, uh, you got Oklahoma State in or out. Uh, I got him out. Okay, you got him out. I got him out. I got Oklahoma in, Vatek in, Florida State in. Those are the three I got. What'd you have? Well, I mean, based upon and this. And Syracuse. By the way, I have Syracuse in right now. If this is what if this is what we're 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 up against, I have Syracuse in. Again, again, like I said, I know. these are just the bubble teams and some of the teams that are in that have already lost. So there's still um, These are a handful easier. of bubble teams that are still alive and playing, right. which, right. you know, we haven't talked about yet. But um, based upon like just this handful, I mean, I brought this in as far as, you know, there's some teams here that that Joe Lenardi has his locks. Virginia Tech lock, it says on ESPN, you know, so um, and, and when you look at that numbers, I just it's tough for me. So, again, yeah. Maybe it just depends on what quadrant one win it is, but again, wasn't it? Wasn't it that how, win how are you going to define that though? You know, wasn't it a win at Duke though? At Duke, at yeah. Cameron Indoor, right? Which yeah. you have to look at some of that stuff too. Yeah. But you can define yeah. some wins when it comes to stuff like that because you can't just say, "Oh, it's a quadrant one win." You know, I mean, no, what are we? Yeah. Are we realistically going to compare? You know them beating Duke at Cameron Indoor, and if Buffalo ends up getting into a quadrant one win, or you know if they end up winning their tournament and getting the, you know, twenty seven RPI, you know that's going to be a quadrant one win. Can you really right. say that that's the same? Us beating Buffalo at right. home and Virginia Tech beating Duke at Duke, Absolutely. and that's the one thing where I feel like this quadrant thing, you know, is going to be. It's, it's, it's I can't. Fault. It can't be the end all. All it can really do is just help you see how these. Teams got their wins. Which, which, which Joe, which, exactly. And this, back to this point, I'll say this again. That's why these numbers are the boiled down records of your quadrants, your conference, and your non-conference. These, that, the numbers, the RPI, the non-conference strength of schedule, and the overall strength of schedule are boiled down of everything you've done. Yeah. Which, which is why it's a good indicator to me, in my opinion, the way they've set this up, that... When you look at those three numbers, those are the three important numbers that you should be looking at. Yes, Vatek at Cameron Indoor pulling off an upset there. That's huge. That's huge. And like you said, beating Buffalo at home, same, same, same type of win within the quadrants, obviously, um, you know, not right. even close. Not even close. So they're going to have to obviously categorize where, where, where you won the games and, and how, really, how much better they are, you know, obviously yeah. – 
you know, they're they're not comparable, but it does show you and charts you kind of where you got the wins. But again, with me, I'm just going by kind of simple common sense that when exactly. I see when I see these strength of schedule numbers and I see some of these RPI numbers, which we're right there in the middle of them. Um, granted, take away, you know, the quadrant one and take away St. Mary's because they're not in a, in a power conference, but all these other teams, um, you look at these strength of schedule numbers, I'm expecting them to have more wins than me. I'm sorry. Yeah, absolutely. It's just uh, the end of the, the end of the twenty-seven. Come on, man. I mean, we're twenty and thirteen now. If these teams, if he wants the NC States and the Florida States and some of these teams to be in over us, then these teams should be having twenty-two, twenty-three wins, based upon these strength of schedule. Yeah, and just to compare, we were the first team out last year, and um, I said it once, I'll say it again. We're looking at an RPI of eighty-five last year to forty-four right now this year. That might change a little bit, but we'll see. We'll probably won't change much. And the strength of schedule overall last year of fifty-seven and of thirteen right now. So, and um, let's see, where were we at last year with? Um, our non-conference strength of schedule last year was 215, and yeah. it's currently at um, 18. So according right. to CBS. And again, so, and again we, we, we went 8 and 5, too. Yeah, that's so true. Just, yeah. So, again, I just don't see uh, – again, I – Well, let me, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, Joe. Let's give us, give us the scenario – with with what what you see, what's the best case scenario for us, or in the worst case scenario for us, with the rest of these games heading into Selection Sunday? Uh, what would we? What well, would? Best, who should we root for? Who should we root for? Okay, well, we definitely have to root for all of our MAC teams that we played against. So right, right now, you know, the old SU coach Rob Murphy and good old Eastern, Eastern Michigan, Michigan playing that two three zone. That's right. Hope that they hope they win. Hope Buffalo wins so they can get up uh, past the thirties and. I really, I mean, I would love to see Buffalo and Toledo make it to the championship game, and I think winning those two games, getting to that point, would probably push Toledo over to a Quadrant 2 win and a Buffalo to a Quadrant 1 help us out a little bit. And, um, again, we want to cheer for uh, Nevada earlier. They had a little bit of a scare in the Mountain Western Conference um, tournament. Uh, we need we need them to to win out because right now Nevada is in the tournament and uh, if they lose, there's going to be a bubble stolen. So that's some stuff that we don't really need. We've been fortunate so far again, uh, middle Tennessee state, another one um, out of the Sun Belt that right now they currently have those two teams in um, with uh, Atlantic 10. We definitely, we would for us, for us, we would like Rhode Island or St. Bonaventure to, to do what they have to do and, and take care of business. Um, and obviously Gonzaga winning the West Coast Conference was actually a blessing in disguise because everyone was talking about St. Mary's. We're going to get in regardless. Then they lost that BYU game in the semifinals of the tournament. And now they're talking they could be a bubble or get passed. So um, that's some of the teams that we want as far as conferences, smaller conferences, to make sure that they that they hold strong and, and stay ahead of that conference and win it so that no bubbles get taken from us. But some of the other bubble teams uh, tonight um, – UCLA is playing against Stanford. That's a game. Uh, UCLA is on the bubble right now in most playing games, and uh, that's a, that's a team we need to root for uh, to lose UCLA, along with uh, the other Pac-12 game of uh, USC. They're playing against Oregon State. Oregon State did us a favor and beat Washington last night. Uh, let's see if uh, the Beavers can give us another one and beat the Trojans tonight. I think the USC lose the Trojans. Beavers versus the Trojans. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we want which, which we want scares me because you you know you use Trojans to destroy beeves. so touche <laughs> touche <laughs> yeah we can edit that one out um, so anyway UCLA and USC are um, two teams in the Pac-12 that I think I believe if they lose tonight then that will put them squarely around where where we are and, and put us into consideration to be past them. And, uh, again, we could talk what or about, look at – Go ahead. Go ahead. What's that? Well, I was just going to say those two Pac-12 teams, That's those are two teams we need to worry about with the USC and UCLA. Uh, as far as ACC goes, uh, we got to be Duke fans tonight. Um, 
They're already talking about yes. Notre Dame possibly them giving them consideration just because of the injuries and the fact that they still stayed in the, the conversation. They are, they so are good, though. They are good. They are good, and they would have been in the tournament if they never would have had injuries. So, oh, But again, we're in a situation where them making it could hurt us. They, they, hey, hey, that was an epic, epic disaster last night by Vatek. That was terrible. Oh, yeah. That was terrible. Yeah, Vitek could have could have sealed the deal and definitely could have yeah, got we, in. And that's why I got him crossed out. They pissed me off. I need. I was actually rooting for him to win that game. I guess I was on the fence, but I guess it didn't matter. Um, really, I guess it's good that Notre Dame maybe lost because. Well, no, Notre Dame won. I mean, that's what I mean. That's probably it. Might be good that Notre Dame won because. Well, they're talking about Vitek already being in anyway. So if, with these with these teams that are playing tonight, UCLA, USC, Notre Dame. Marquette's playing Villanova tonight. We need Marquette to lose. Texas, okay. another bubble team. Uh, Baylor and Boise State, randomly, is another team out in the Mountain West that is actually starting to get consideration. And they're right behind us in Lenardi's uh, little next four out stuff. So they're playing against Utah State. So we need them to lose as well. Um, those are really the, the seven teams I'm worried about right now. Um, and it's... Those are the teams that are around us, that are a little bit behind us, a little bit ahead of us. If they lose, they could fall. We could gain uh, closer spots. So that's kind of that's kind of what we we need to cheer for. Marquette almost lost last night. Texas almost lost last night. Baylor almost lost last night. Uh, so hopefully we can get these these teams knocked out of there, so they can't do anything else to to pass us up any farther than some people think that they do or don't. All right. Well, I guess uh, we'll have to hold our breaths till uh, Sunday, and we'll be yeah. back when we well, figure. Def- it's definitely a hold your breath situation. It, it definitely I- is. I-, I said if we beat if we beat Wake Forest and lose against UNC, I think it's a fifty fifty. So it's, I've, I'm going to stick with that. I think Ugh. should should they be in? I think they should be in. Are they going to think- get in? I don't know. I'm not going to lie. I when I talk when we talked, I I gave it a little bit of a more of a percentage to not be in. But as far as right now, and I don't want to jinx myself because of what's been going on, but I mean, you're not going to get every game that you need to happen, happen. But uh, as far as right now goes, really can't complain about what's been going on with these conference tournaments. And um, not too many things have happened. I mean, there could have been some more losses that could have helped our, our situation. But the more I look at these numbers and day by day, uh, it's just it's very difficult for me to see that um, just to see Lenardi having us as like a six or seven team out. And then you're looking at some of these teams that are nine and ten, ten bids or ten seeds in his uh, bracketology. And like our numbers are so close. So it's um, it's difficult. And I have a feeling that uh, as we start going and as ESPN starts doing the little blind resume things and stuff um, and you can actually see the numbers next to each other without the team. So people can't be biased. I think you're going to start seeing that our numbers actually do stack up pretty well. Uh, again, the only thing that's really hurting us is our, our quadrant one record compared that's to it. others. That's it. Um, and so in the conference uh, record, which we're still right. only one game from 500. So. Right. And I'd be willing to bet that if you were to take Joe Lenardi's, you know, maybe his last 10 teams that he has in and his last 10 teams that he has out and you just, erase the teams, throw a blind resume out there and say, pick 10 teams to make the tournament. Uh, I'd be willing to bet that most people just based upon a blind resume would probably pick Syracuse's team or numbers to to be one of those 10 out of those 20 teams. So, and then again, that exercise we just did with those eight teams, four of them in our conference that, you know, people think are ahead of us so much. uh, Just, it just shows you the discrepancy as far as the fact that that we shouldn't really be out of the conversation at all um, based upon the numbers. Yeah, so uh, Selection Sunday will happen, and we will coordinate another episode. We'll put together a show for our thoughts, and uh, depending on, on, on what happens, and we'll do a pregame. And then uh, from there, we'll just have to, to go from there, so... Uh, yeah, any, well, let's put it this way. Either way, we're playing the game next week. So Exactly, exactly. So we'll be back, obviously. Um, right. Let's keep our fingers crossed, though. And Probably Monday. And What? Probably Monday what? We'll be back? I'd say probably Monday, you know, after the Sunday show because... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's. Because 
because Tuesday and Wednesday are the playing games and uh, Thursday and Friday are NIT games. So and then Saturday or, you know, well, Saturday and Sunday, you know, throughout the weekend, they have the NITs and they have the NCAs and, and so forth. So um, either way, whether we make the NIT or we're a playing game or we're in the NCAA tournament without the playing games, we're going to have a game. So, yeah. So we'll be back. We'll try to be get back here Monday then and uh, we'll we'll see what happens. So go to Facebook.com forward slash Cuse Nation podcast. Give us the thumb up there on Facebook and Twitter at Cuse Nation show. And also give John Matthews a follow on Twitter at Syracuse fan seven for Joe. I'm Sean. We're out. You just heard the Cuse Nation podcast with Sean and Joe. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. A new year is a new chance to focus on you. You're probably already picturing yourself struggling at the gym, but not all self-help has to mean suffering. Squeeze.com is making it easier than ever to elevate your wellness by delivering a juice cleanse right to your doorstep. It's the easiest juice cleanse you'll ever do that may aid in weight loss, eliminating bloating, clearing your skin, boosting your energy levels, improving sleep, and breaking bad eating habits. Meet all your health goals from the comfort of your home. Get free same-day local delivery or fast free delivery nationwide with code WONDERY today at Squeezed.com.